You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are the Joes, Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. That's right, we're the Fantasy Joes. Ryan, Will with you this evening. No, Jake. I don't know where Jake is. He's probably making Abby's for that fishbowl. Will, that's my guess. Uh, I think he's training for the upcoming Tour de France. Starts Friday, everybody. So when you hear this, it'll have already started. Pop it on. It's on NBC Sports in the morning. Uh, support cycling. Watch Tour de France. It's amazing. All right. And, and we'll, we'll get to some more Tour de France talk. Oh, at the end I don't of the even show. know if I can hold it in anymore. No, you got to hold it. You got to hold it. You got to hold it. You're hitting the cobbles this year, right? Let's go. <laughs> All right. Let's let, no, what we're really going to do, we're going to talk about that, but we're going to dig into something that's new on DLF. They have a new Dynasty Fantasy Football mock draft tool. So I thought it'd be fun, Will Greenwood, for us to do a mock draft simulation together and we could argue and debate. And um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of, um, I, w- I was talking about on the Patreon, I've been doing a lot of underdog, um, like best ball drafts. And um, I like kind of, I want to get out of that best ball mentality. I want to get back into dynasty and I haven't done any startups this year. So this will be a new experience. Have you done any startups? Um, no, we, yeah. cause I'm going to do one, right? It's going to be with you. We just haven't yeah. found the right one. Uh, I have a couple orphans in a league. If you're listening and want to reach out to me on uh, like probably do it on group me. Cause if you're listening to you're probably on our group me channels or hit me up at fantasy Joe underscore will on Twitter. Uh, it's like a, it's a hundred dollar buy in a year. There's a couple orphans. I, don't, I haven't looked how good they are but that's the last rookie draft for stuff to do. And I really want to get that league going uh, because we hit some hiccups last year, but my team should be all right. We need a second wide receiver, but that would be good. Are you the commission anyway. of that league? Well, no, no. You're just trying to help out the commission. Yeah. I well, the, think. Yeah. And the, com- the commission uh, is an all right guy. <laughs> okay. Well, this is, this is the big show, not, not, not the Patreon. So let's, let's be careful what we say. Um, yeah, take, take that commission. It's not anybody who would, you would know through any of our Patreons or group me or anything. Okay. So they're probably not listening. So that's fine. You know, I have noticed well that it seems like, with a, a lot of leagues, um, there are a lot of orphans because I think a lot of people during the pandemic, like 2020, they jumped into a lot of leagues. And then maybe after a couple of years, they've realized, oh crap, I'm in, I'm in too many leagues and just left. Cause I've, I've seen that across a lot of my leagues. A lot of leagues have folded. I've, I think I've got two more that I've lost. So I, I definitely have the bandwidth to do a startup or two now. Um, I mean, like I'm, I'm down to, I don't know, I feel like I lost half my dynasty leagues, but. Anyway, um, so Ryan's down to 32 dynasty. <laughs> I got, I got to figure out. And then some of them into sleepers. So it's easier, harder for me. And that seems to be the biggest trend. And I'm totally screwed because before uh, long, one, unless it's a salary cap contract figure or something, that's going to go sleeper. That is the, the movement. And rightfully so, because sleeper is the one that's putting in the work and they're improving their platform every year in dynasty. I'll be the first to admit it, even though I'm not the biggest sleeper fan, as you all know. Um, but man, MFL, they just, they're not, they're not keeping up. You know, so they're coasting on their laurels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ryan, the big uh, qu- quick question is we go through this, uh, you know, dynasty startup mock draft that we're doing. Uh, yeah. Does DLF allow you to have two different spots or are we debating which player we take? Um, oh, I, I think it's just, just a solo tool technically. So I, I don't know. We'll find out. Let me share my screen and we will talk about it because it's dynastyleaguefootball.com slash mock dash draft dash simulator if you want to check it out i'll put that in the show notes and i just had to remember to share my screen you'd think 
this wasn't the millionth time I've used Zoom. This is great for podcasting, right? Just to just to talk. Okay, here we well, go. You know, as you're going along here, uh, there we go. There we go. So we're going to begin, and I think we the there are some you know will playing with this. I I like that there are some options. You know, it like select league format. Well, we'll go with Dynasty. Oh, I guess you can do a rookie mock. Okay. Um, and then we went, we're going to do super flex or two QB, right? Yeah. And do Obviously. tight end premium, tight end premium include 2022 rookies. Yeah. Um, we're going to do 12 team. Yeah. We'll do what max 20 rounds. Yeah. We'll make it through like five with our time limit tonight. <laughs> so, all right. All right. Well, that's fine. Um, we'll call this, uh, the, the mock draft simulator test live on air for everybody. And we're going to have a good chats anyway. I mean, if we wanted to get through it, we could set a timer. You could do a 30 no, second timer. No, nah, that would be, that because would we don't need a timer. This yeah, is content. Don't. Yeah, this is content. Okay. We're very prepared and we're very ready. Of course we are. Um, draft position. Where, where do you randomize just or hit, we want to? Yeah, just hit randomize. Randomize. <laughs> Gave us 12. <laughs> All right. It's a fun place to be. <laughs> All right. Your name, the Fantasy Joes. <laughs> <laughs> Your email, um, uh, the no, fantasy joes at gmail.com no that yeah that is our email but i don't think we need that to create the draft i or do, should, i wonder if it actually let's put it in let's see if it actually will email us the draft i, I don't think so all right so we're going to create this thing a- any any final thoughts where we get going here i just can't imagine how far on the edge of the seat our listeners are at the moment <laughs> oh you know it all right so we've started you've got to you've got to um, start the draft if you haven't looked at this tool it's um you know they got suggestions for you cheat sheets um you know it's it's a it's a pretty good free tool um and you know i i know that in terms of the dynasty mocks i've tried will i've I've done fantasy pros um and i i wasn't impressed but when i I have played with this i thought it was pretty realistic so ryan everybody has been chomping at the bit to do this so we are very excited I, i love mock drafts i love just drafting that's why i've gotten obsessed with underdog i must wish i i hadn't yeah, I used to. Jumped I did a, the. I've basically broken even on life in the like fantasy best balls or the you know, the best ball tens that you used to be able to do pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like. You, you just basically need to win one to cover the year year. Yeah, to finish like top three, and I've, yeah. I've been able to do that. I think like break even, maybe like up like twenty bucks. Yeah, I, when I was doing MFL tens, you know, when that was you know, yeah, you know yeah, one yeah. option five years ago. I, I tended to do the same about break even. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a pretty good stretch of luck with 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 best balls. One one a Scott Fishbowl satellite one time. But um, anyway, I, I've kind of gone away from the last couple of years, but it's been fun. Okay, so here we are. Um, we are at the one twelve. We got two picks back to back. This is super flex, and man, well, a lot of QBs have gone off the board. Josh yeah, Allen. So everybody, yeah, Josh Allen, uh, Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar Jackson went fourth, Justin Jefferson went fifth, Kyler Murray sixth, Joe Burrow seventh, Jamar Chase eighth, Jonathan Taylor ninth, Dak Prescott tenth, CeeDee Lamb eleventh. Any big hangups here with the first 11 real quick that you want to talk about? In terms of so super flex, I don't have any major qualms in any of these picks. You know, oh, I, I think mean, I think Joe Burrow is far too early. I think seventh overall is ridiculous. Uh, I like Joe Burrow. I think he's a great quarterback, but I don't think he is the at like he had. I have like I've had Joe Burrow on teams or have him, and yeah. he didn't do like unless you were in that playoff matchup in week sixteen and seventeen of last year. 
uh, before going into 18, Joe Burrow did not, he wasn't your, your ride or die the whole season. This is complete, complete snowball effect from his end of the season into playoff run. And trust me, I think the Bengals are going to be good. I think they drafted a really good quarterback, but seventh overall to me is you're drafting uh, a low end QB one at this point, maybe high end QB two, but like, that's, I feel like that's ceiling. Like it's not, he's not, uh, he's not like Tom, you know, like he's not going to have 50 touchdown passes in my opinion ever. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, I guess when you put it from that perspective, though, I, but I think in a super flex league, you know, based on his age, um, I don't think it's a horrible pick. I'm not saying I would have made it at the 107, but I don't have any major issues with it. But I, I think that you make a good point and, and you might be disappointed if you're expecting this locked and loaded QB one year in and year out, because he, 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 yes, that there are, he, he, you're right. People remember his success in the fantasy playoffs in particular, he won some people, some championships and guys like that always seem to, um, you know, rise in value and dynasty. Cause, cause we just, we it's so fresh in our minds. We always remember the the players that helped us win in the, in the playoffs and the fantasy playoffs. So we always remember the guys that lost us those titles. <laughs> so, all right, let's see who DL suggests for us and let's see who's on the board. So this is tight end premium and Kyle Pitts is there. Um, uh, you know, he's, I guess they're, they're kind of the, the top suggestion here. You know, if you, Deshaun Watson, I don't think I would take, you know, he's, looks like he's going to hold off on, on Deshaun. Yeah. I mean, do we, so we've got two picks here. Well, do we want to take a QB to get, you know, a QB on our roster or, or do we not, is there anyone worth it here? Would it be uh, so I, I, so I want to do this for the mock. I think we shouldn't. Let's see what happens if we don't go QB in the first or second round here. Cause we're at the turn and it's a very, very dangerous proposition. And I want to see how our team turns out. Okay, fair enough. Fair so enough. I do think we should draft Kyle Pitts. Uh, okay, in, I, I did too. Tight end premium, and mm-hmm. I, I hate it because I don't want to draft Kyle Pitts at the turn. Like I am actually not the biggest like pay the world for Kyle Pitts, but I, I think at this point, if I were in this draft and there's obviously no trading allowed, uh, I like it, and I think that that's a good a good solid choice right there. And then I think we should we should probably look at the at running back. Um, unless you want to, if there, you have a really big, uh, uh, take on a wide receiver coming up. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Let's, let's lock in pits. And I think one of the things with pits, well, that's important to remember in dynasty is that the guy still has a tremendous amount of value. And even if he didn't, I, I know we can't trade back in this, but he's going to get into your roster. Cause even if you don't like him, you can take him after the startup and pack it. You know, you can, you can trade him. You can, you can get a, a, a huge return. So Maybe we take pits and then, you know, theoretically in this happy little world we live in, this mock world, we could turn around and trade him and get some, you know, rookie picks or something like that. So I, yeah. I just think in terms of his value, I think he's a tremendous value. And um, I think it's a smart value. choice uh, yeah. when you look at insulating value. He's going to yeah. have more touchdowns than he did last year. I yeah. Think that's yeah. For sure. Yeah. A big thing to look at. I do think this now puts us in an interesting position of like, who do you go next? Like, what, you know, so. Uh, basically, Jonathan Taylor is the only running back off the board. So yeah. we can look at wide receiver. We can look at running back because I would like to stay away from quarterback here just because I think it'll be more fascinating to kind of go through the ranks. I, I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm unless you really want really. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, and I think you, you would be reaching a little bit to take some of these guys. Like um, some of the younger QBs in, intrigue me. I mean, there's so many good QBs off the board. So. I, I am pretty intrigued by Trey Lance. I'm not going to lie. Not, I'm not here, but you know, I, I, it, would, it would definitely be a reach for him. So maybe he'll come back to us. I highly doubt it. 
Um, uh, but yeah, and, uh, so you, yeah, I think it's, I think you got to talk about running, obviously running backs and wide receivers. That's what's left. Um, yep, so think, yeah, you want to, you want to focus on the, where, where do you want to start first? Look at the running backs, and wide receivers. And the great thing about this tool is you can obviously filter by position and look at their ranks and well, know. so only, only Jonathan Taylor has gone to the running at running back. Uh, right. and then, uh, Jamar chase and Justin Jefferson and CD lamb are gone at wide receiver that CD lamb pick at one eleven. I also thought it's super interesting. Uh, I feel like we're buying at his ceiling I and think, maybe, I agree. maybe not factoring in the floor. Uh, but I also really want to try to get CD lamb, uh, pretty hard in most of my leagues and have failed so miserably. Uh, y- you know who I'm talking to Corey. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so here I either want to go, uh, so I guess for me, Ryan, I'm looking at Najee Harris or reaching up and getting to Brees Hall. Uh, we're talking wow, about really? premier prospects. And those those are kind of who – because Javante Williams, one, I think he – this is my – so I love Javante Williams, but let's just look at his concerns. Uh, runs the contact a little bit too much in a shared backfield. I'm concerned about his future value because he could have an injury pretty easily. Najee Harris is still going to be a big focal part of that offense and have a ton of fantasy points. And Brees Hall, to me, is the newest, youngest stud on a transitioning team. This is that opportunity to get Joe Mixon at his cheapest before, like, basically a better version of Joe Mixon uh, coming to the NFL with a clear history. So, but talk me off that. Let, let's look at wide receivers. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Like, I, I like Javante Williams as much as the next person. I like him a lot. I do Swift is up there, too. Also, I wouldn't be afraid to go Swift here, either. Yeah. Um, I, I And... I, I just going back to Javante for a second. I think you're right. I think he's at this point, he's is officially overvalued. Um, and, and I don't think there's much separating uh, Javante Williams and, and Brees Hall, honestly. And I think, I think honestly for a team, if, if we're doing like a productive struggle, we didn't talk about our, our philosophy going in, but if we're doing a productive, productive struggle type team, I, I think I'd rather take Brees Hall at, at, you know, just, just get the age discount, you know, like you could also risk him coming back to us uh, based on these rankings. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, he's right. Yeah. ranked 25th. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of wide receiver, you know, it, it's, it's tough because, um, you know, I, I, I like the idea of, of, you know, attacking the wide receiver position, you know, early and often and kind of building a wide receiver core and then like getting running backs in the future through, you know, next year's rookie draft, for example, if we were able to get some rookie picks, but I don't necessarily like, right here the the value at wide receiver you know i mean um you know yeah, if Cooper, you like, Cooper, if lamb was still on the board I, yeah. I could go lamb uh and then it's like to me aj brown's the next guy but i don't know if i really want to take him here yeah After i, I mean team shift, well, let's see how it works out I, I don't have a lot i'm not super stoked about that I, i'm with you i like aj brown quite a bit but i'm i'm with you with you know with the 13th overall pick i think it's just that would be a bit of a reach um, and, and you can't concern any of these other guys, you know, at, the, at this point, at wide receiver. So, yeah, I'm cool. I, I'll, I'll go. We can go running back. Um, so, y- you, what do you want to do? I mean, if you want to take Brees Hall just for fun, what the heck? We can do it. I don't think it's just for fun. If you think about just the 101 draft pick in general and where it would land, it would land right about the 201 right here, right? Like, you would trade CD Lamb for the 101 if you were looking for a running back in your, your, some people your would, league. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or at least like look at it. 
yeah. know, I think Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase are a little bit more tiered above that, but I think you could add a little bit to like something to get Jefferson. I think the Chase owner is probably pretty locked and loaded. They might have paid a lot, or they did they just enjoyed all of last year. So I'd either like to go Najee Harris or Brees Hall. Uh, Ryan, you can make the final choice. Um, you know, let's let's just let's go. Um, let's go. Let's go with Brees Hall. Let's go with the twenty-one year old as opposed to the guy that's um, you know, twenty-four. Um, you know, in terms of offenses, their quarterbacks. I don't know. Let, we'll go. We'll, let's let's do Brees Hall. I mean, I like Najee Harris a lot. A big Probably, yeah, for 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 fun, since it's a mock, we'll do Brees Hall. Probably the smart. Which at running back two in this mock, which is yeah. fascinating to me. But I think that we are undervaluing where Brees Hall should be in the running back rankings. Right. He and he's and not I, he's not coming back to us either. You know. Yeah. I, I I remember who was I talking about with um, and, and these guys tend to rise too. I remember. Um, being in some startups with Saquon Barkley's rookie season where, where rookies were involved in drafts. And I remember the, you know, I don't know, you know, right after the NFL draft, I think he was like a second rounder. And then as I got closer to the season, he, he became a first rounder, you know? So these guys, like there's a chance for him to get the hype and go up in value too. And he is right where we took him. So, and he was not going to come back to us. There's no way. Um, all right, so let's go to the draft board here because we've advanced the picks. Um, obviously, there's too many. I don't know if we want to read all these guys that went off the board. I'll go really quick. Uh, Najee Harris, Deshaun Watson, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, Nick Chubb, Swift, Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, Diggs, Higgins. Higgins went before A.J. Brown. Fascinating. Uh, Drake London, McLaurin, McCaffrey, Samuel, Lawrence, Etienne, Waddle, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Jerry Judy. This might need to be updated. And Kenneth Walker went at the 311. So Nas went right after our pick, uh, what we were looking at. Uh, Cooper Cup ends up being wide receiver four. I think after last season, it's reasonable if you're going to pick upside. Uh, and with that yeah. the team build that they're doing. But if you, Ryan, can you go back to the draft board really quick? Oh, of course I can. Sorry. Yeah. What's interesting here is only four more quarterbacks went. Right. So this is, again, why that Joe Burrow kind of opinion is – we have kind of a, a trove of quarter, either young quarterbacks we want to go young, or we can we have an opportunity to take even at the 312-401 kind of turn. If we want fantasy points now, you could even get like a – I mean, you could go like a Jalen Hurts. He scares me a little bit, but there's a lot of opportunity here still on the table. Yeah, there, there – and I found this cheat sheet tab. Well, this is nice because we can see all the positions in, in the uh, – I'm assuming these are the DFL ranks, so I kind of like this. Um for me, I, I'm looking at the QBs. My, my, my guy, Trey Lance, is there. I, I, for me, that he jumps out. I mean, I, and I'm with you. Hurts scares the crap out of me. I, I mean, he's intriguing, and he, he probably will be a QB1 this year, but I just, I just don't know about his long-term future. Um, and I know Lance is a gamble. There's no, there's no guarantees, but I, 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 I like that team a lot better. I like his fit. Uh, I have gone after Jake for his ranking of Lance so many times. Uh, but I think we should take Trey Lance here. I'm totally, I, I like that. And then the second pick, uh, looking at the 401, I actually still really like taking Saquon uh, as we kind of move forward into this. If we're looking at the second pick right after it. Yeah. Um, this is another part of what we should look at, Ryan, is taking the tight end in the first round. Uh, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and then the, let's say the rest of them uh, after that are still on the board. So right. that's why. Like it kills me to take that, but at that value on the board, and I think his insulation is there because again, in trades, you're getting so much more for pits than you would Mark Andrews. 
Right. But I just don't, uh, yeah, like I've read on Reddit threads that like, has anybody paid the farm for, for Kyle Pitts? And somebody said they offered like three or, you know, like uh, two early 22 first and a 23 first form and got denied. And that's the kind of deal we, you, we kind of hope for with this team build. I think like in general, depending where they are exactly. But uh, I, I just like fantasy points wise, Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, and even George Kittle, if he can stay healthy, which. Uh, <laughs> Why do we I laugh? I just can't. The Hawks. <laughs> Why do you I hear the Hawk cry in the background? Uh, uh, but Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey are probably going to outscore Kyle Pitts, right? Like, yeah, probably, yeah like, I think like, it's yeah, like, most likely. Odds are it's an 80% chance probably. So then we look at wide receiver who's left. We have uh, Metcalf, Hill, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin. Then you go to Marquise Brown, Michael Pittman. Uh, and then basically the rest of the rookies, Drake London is the only rookie wide receiver that's gone off the board thus far. Yeah. Uh, I actually am still, and I don't know if I'm just like clinging on to fantasy hope, Ryan, but I still think Saquon Barkley is an absolute stud and has longevity in the league. Uh, if he flames out, it'll be one of the worst flame outs I think in history, as far as our excitement about a player uh, that, or if you wanted to go a second quarterback, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Tell me what your thoughts are. I don't hate taking Saquon here. Uh, um, I, I do worry as we get further in this draft that, you know, with wide receivers, what's going what's gonna to be there on, on the turn? Because we're, you know, once we pick here, we got to wait till pick 60. Um, but but I'm a, it will be fun to wait and see. So looking at QBs, I, I don't want to take Hurts. Aaron Rodgers is, is next on the list. No, I'm not taking Aaron Rodgers here. Justin Fields, you know, as a Bears fan, man, I just, I don't know. I, you know, I, that's the big unknown. I mean, if you want to, if we want to swing for upside to have Lance and Fields as our two QBs, man, that that's kind of exciting. I'm worried, but, I'm worried about Fields this year. That's the worst yeah. supporting cast potentially in the NFL. Yeah, no doubt. And potentially the worst offensive line in the NFL too. Maybe the Falcons offensive line is worse. We'll see. It's part of the cast. It's part of the sporting cast. Yeah. Well, I was thinking skill position players, but um, I also mentioned on a podcast a while ago that uh, the Falcons line got banged up and was better. I was, I I apologize. I was dead wrong about that. (laughs) It was, I was thinking like two years ago or a year ago. It's my my apologies. Everybody made a mistake. So uh, Ryan, what do you think? Let's, let's go. Let's move on. Let's go say I'm cool. You, you, you kind of deferred to me on, on pits and, and Trey Lance, although we were in agreement, I think, but I, no, I think Saquon is good. Let, let's let's grab Saquon. Maybe we make a run for the title this year with. Uh, uh, I also have one dollar to win forty dollars. Nobody heard this as we were talking before, but I bet one dollar that Saquon wins the rushing title this year. Um, it is a long shot. That's why you bet one dollar to win forty. All right, Saquon. He's he's on the team. Welcome to the team, Saquon. Don't let us down. Boo! All right, so now we're waiting for the scene to dance. People are drafting. You boo. Well, like when uh, Goodell would come up, everybody boos. Ah, uh, you know? it's true. All right, here we go. Now it's advancing. So right after Saquon, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey off the board. Those tight ends yeah. were too appealing. See, I would have liked. Teams. I would have liked Mark Andrews at four hundred one if there was somebody I was more in love with at the one twelve. Yeah, because uh, I also really like Kelsey, but yeah. Um, Here's again what we go down to. I'll just I'm going to run through them here real quick. Okay, go Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Jalen Hurts, Dalvin Cook, Metcalf, Michael Pittman, Elijah Moore, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, Austin Eckler, Tyreek Hill, Aaron Rodgers, J.K. Dobbins, Rashad Bateman, D.J. Moore, Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, Justin Fields, Josh Jacobs, Devonta Smith, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara. So two tight ends, three quarterbacks, uh, eight running backs, and then another 
nine wide receivers came Uh-oh. off the board right there. I'm trying to do an update. Okay. Yeah. So let, let's, you know, look at kind of the overview here. Go to the, the that cheat sheet tab and kind of look at the assessment of the positions here. Um, so the Kittle is still available here. That's uh, anyway. Well, listen, let, if, if we think he's the best value on the board, remember this is like, we're not, we don't have to fill a starting lineup with this draft. Right. I mean, we yeah, always yeah, talk that's about good that. Point. So, Sorry. Sorry. So, so, I, you know, just kind of looking at, um, and looking at the overall rankings, Jordan Kittle is the highest ranked player left on the board. If we wanted to sell pits, let's say Kittle, then, then we got two, two studs and we, we can shop them. So yeah, I, think, I like the startup idea of taking Kittle here. I think yeah. we're at the five twelve, correct? We are, yeah, we are at the, uh, we're at the five, five, twelve, uh, 60, 60 overall, overall. And I think in tight end premium Kittle is easily worth it here. Unless yeah. I'm just being a Hawkeye Homer, but no, no Kittle is the clear choice. So we're taking Kittle for sure. Done. And remember, we don't have to build our, our starting lineup. We don't, we don't you know, we don't have to like, Oh, we, we don't have a, uh, you know, this guy, we got to plug him in. This is, this is a, uh, it's a startup. You're going to make trades. So I, I love yeah. it. And, and, and so, yeah, great. Through five, through five rounds of drafting, we've had three rookies taken. We took Brees Hall at the 201. We had Drake London go at the 301. And then we had uh, Kenneth Walker at the 311. And then right. I don't think it's another rookie has gone since, which is fascinating that three picks into the draft, now we're into the sixth round yeah. for the 104. That's pretty intense. Uh, right. Quarterbacks left on the board. We have Tua, Mac Jones, Derek Carr, Zach Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill. Tom Brady, Kenny Pickett. I, I none of these guys are like screaming like we need to draft him. Um, although we will need another quarterback, but again, <laughs> maybe not focus on the starting lineup. Don't worry, Mr. Ritzky's on the board way down there. We're, we're fine. <laughs> um, the truth. Why don't yeah. we? We could, we could also stack Trubisky with Kenny Pickett. I assume he'll go later. Uh, but now that we're in the sixth round. And we're looking down, anybody jumping out to you on the wide receiver board. We have Marquise Brown, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, uh, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Jameson Williams, Cortland Sutton, Chris Olave, Dr. Hopkins. Yeah, I I mean, I'm interested in, you know, several of these rookie wide receivers. Like Garrett Wilson is is a nice, nice get. Um, I think Burks, uh, you know, I I think that, you know, now is a chance um to, to buy him while, while he's dipped in value this whole asthma thing and stuff i i you know i've not totally written him off i don't think he's a bust yet uh, no, it's not a good sign but um you, you know there's uh jameson williams yeah so yeah alave so the you know kind of the some of the stud wide receivers from this year's class or potential studs are still here so they're all intriguing to me um, yeah it, we we're building kind of a, a mixed roster but we can decide what we want to do later I do like the idea of a rookie wide receiver. So with Burks and Wilson, I kind of have like, uh, like FOMO with them because I have not actually picked any of them up in my rookie drafts. Um, yeah. There's also Derrick Henry left on the board. If we want to just go full win now, that's also an option. I think Derrick Henry is st- still going to be an absolute fantasy producer for one more year, maybe two. Yeah. Uh, and he's not a guy you ever want to bet against, but he could also fall off a cliff. And nobody would be surprised. Yeah, if you look at the running backs, like if you're a win now team, there's some nice options for you. Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, Zeke is still on the board. Um, yeah, so there's some really nice win now running back options if if you know if a team wanted to do that. 
Um, so I think we shy away from quarterback and we'll pick up a couple vets here in the future. Yeah. Uh, so, any running so, back you have uh, like a full like beating the drum for? No, the only one I can, really. I can fathom taking here would be Henry. <laughs> and if you're not into that, I think we should go one of the rookie wide receivers here. Uh, Wilson, but, Burks. Or yeah. even if you want Olave, I'm still a big fan of Olave. He's a little bit bigger and thicker than I thought. So, yeah. With, I, well, I, I guess I mean, they're, not that they're, I thought, just with the reports coming out. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's highly unlikely he's going to be there later, but um, he's ranked lower than, than Wilson and Burks. But I don't care. You you pick your favorite rookie wide receiver to take here. I, I'm happy with any of those guys. All right, uh, I'd go. I'm going to go Chris Olave. All right. Well, let's do it. I got. I got a. Oh, there he is. All right. So, and I think it makes sense. I'm just seeing like his rank is 82. By the time we pick again, it's going to be 84. He's probably off the board. I mean, we could roll the dice and see if if he's still oh, around so based you, on the ranks. That was my choice. You didn't. Uh, yeah, roll the dice then. I'm down so, with that. So you want to take Wilson or, or Burks instead? Uh, Wilson. I don't know if I want a part of Burks yet. Okay. So, yeah, we'll do. We'll do Wilson. Um, and, and if he's not there, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking, okay, we're, we're, we're way over drafting him based on their rankings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's, let's, and, and if we lose him and we're stuck with Wilson, it's not like there, there's a dramatic difference between the two in our, in our opinion, in terms of where we may have the ranks. Okay. Do like an Olave veteran quarterback on the next round. Uh, that's a good get. That would be nice. Let's see what happens. I have to say this is a little bit slow in terms of updating. So as soon as we have um, some updates, Oh, I guess we do. No. Oh, there it is. So Derek Henry went right after. Yeah. Hollywood, uh, Dallas Goddard, Brandon Ayuk, Aaron Jones, Cortland Sutton, Tua, James Cook, Darnell Mooney, Burks, Miles Sanders. And now seventh round, perfect update. Uh, Lave went at 705 crap. So Mac Jones, David Montgomery, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Chris Olave, Derek, ah, Zach Wilson. Uh, we listen some quarterbacks. So that's unfortunate. Uh, Christian Watson went. Amari Cooper, Kirk Cousins, and Mike Gesicki. Gesicki. Gesicki, Gesicki. So let's check out what's left on the board here at quarterback. Let's look at the cheat sheet. We've got Rand Tannenhill, Tom Brady. Ooh, can he pick it? I mean, grab, I don't know, Brady. Has he has he actually gone up in value since last year, or is this about where uh, last year? I don't know. I'm also so Zeke Elliott's still on the board. Eliza Mitchell, AJ mm. Dillon, Clyde Edwards in there, uh, and then the rest of quarterbacks or running backs not really interested in at this point. Uh, Jameson Williams is still on the board, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, well, that's good. move to uh, later on. Like Williams is a futures bet. Uh, yeah, potentially the best wide receiver in this draft class who tours ACL. Uh, I think we should either grab Tannehill or Brady. Uh, I like it, or both of them. Then you have two veteran quarterbacks uh, stacked right next to each other in offenses that you at least believe will produce. Uh, I think Ryan Tannehill is, is often criminally underrated. I was kind of hoping Derek Carr made it back to us. I think that's yeah, another too. one that offense is really changing. Uh, yeah, we, we just missed out on some. I would have liked Carr, Cousins, or or even Zach Wilson if we just wanted to like, okay, let's go for two younger guys and just hope that Wilson pans out. Not, I mean, yeah. not that I going to but because like like matt matt ryan's fine not overly interested uh and then from there it's like you're not really interested in anybody uh i'm also okay with going one quarterback and then scooping like a daniel jones later because he's at least going to get a shot and and then if he if he fails tyra taylor take over you might be able to pick him up on the waiver wire or super late in the draft uh 
that's an yeah. option. Yeah, I don't think we should go two QBs here. It's especially if you look at our build because if you look on the left here, we can see our team. So we've got we've got Trey Lance at quarterback, uh, Hall and Saquon at running back, Wilson at wide receiver, then Pitts and Kittle. I mean, I guess we can. I guess at this point, you could we could be you know productive struggle, or we could kind of be. Um, I don't know because you think we're going to compete this year with this team. I mean, my approach coming in is thinking I'm building for the future, not trying to compete this year. Uh, and if that's well, the case, then we shouldn't touch Brady. Down, but, if you look down the list at wide receiver, yeah. uh, there's a lot of still like players that are going to produce for you now. So yeah. we'll look at Allen Robinson slip. Allen Robinson has a great opportunity to be a top 20 wide receiver this year. Uh, yeah, to me, relatively easily. Yeah, Adam Thielen's there. Yeah, there's some there's some there's some names here, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like the in Mike. Actually, I honestly think Mike Williams might be the best value at this point in this draft uh, at wide receiver with that new contract yeah. locked in with yeah. Justin Herbert. Yeah, uh, and, and talk about a, a guy that, and I don't know if these are DLF's official, you know, rankings or what what this list is. I mean, I, I guess it's got to be right. Um, but a guy where he's going in this versus where he's going and say. Um, like doing, I'm doing all these underdog drafts, and he is, if not a, a back end wide receiver one, a high end wide receiver two. I mean, he's going pretty pretty early, um, and I know it's best ball and you know boomer bust. It's a different format, but and you're talking I about Mike, Mike Williams, correct? Mike Williams, yeah. So I think he projects to be, you know, a you know a what do you, what do you think? You know, I mean, I mean, assuming he stays healthy, worst case scenario for him is a wide receiver two, right? Uh, so yeah, and he, like and he the, yeah. So I think like his discrepancy between his, what he's probably going to do and we think he's going to do in 2022 versus his dynasty value. If he has a big 2022, I know he's not, let's see how old is Mike Williams. I know he's not a baby, but um, you know, his value could, could go up a little bit if he has a huge year, right? Like, you know. Oh yeah. Jake would be hating us so much right now. He'd be like, Mike Williams is too old. It's too worshed up. 27.7. So he'll, he'll turn 28 in October this year. So. But I think um, he's in for a pretty big boom year. Yeah. Um, so, um, I, I, yeah, I, basically, I would like to go like either I would like to go uh, Mike Williams in here and then choose between Tannehill or Brady. If you want to go safe and go Brady or you want to see if Tannehill's got a few more years left. Yeah, I'd rather go see Tannehill's got a few more years left than Brady because Brady, I just feel, is like one and done. And I yeah, want to rental. Some... And I think Tannehill's yeah. a good pick here. This is late enough in the draft where I, I think there's good value in Tannehill. All right, let's do, let's do Tannehill. We're gonna if we're gonna take a QB here, that's that's who that's who I think we should take. So we'll take Tannehill. I, man, passing on Jamison Williams though for, um, I, I can't I can't talk you into taking him over. Um, you can Mike Williams. Just I think I think at the draft pick that I would take Jamison Williams. Let's say the one oh eight in a super flex. Let's say I think mm-hmm. I might trade that for Mike Williams. Yeah, I'm just looking but, at the at the board here because we're gonna I, I think as you point out but also wide receivers you just want to go young and then pick up the older guys uh well that's kind of what i'm thinking like we i think we scoop up some older guys later let's get it let's get a All like right. core youth of wide receiver and then like you know looking down at this list for example guys that we can get later like i, I think tyler lockett is going to have you you talked about him um on a past show he's going to have a much better year than people think he's going to be frustrating he's going to have boom or bust weeks but you know, he's going to, at the end of the, the, the day, you know, get a produce for you. Christian Kirk, I think, is a sneaky good value now. He's essentially the wide receiver one in Jacksonville yep. with, um, 
um, you know, a guy that we think is could, could be the next great quarterback in the league. You know, at least I still think he could. I was actually disappointed. I was thinking maybe is there a chance that um, Lawrence could drop to us like at the end of the third round? It obviously didn't happen, but I was hoping that might happen. So anyway, yeah. Okay. Jamison Williams. So we're, we're good. All right. Uh, right. Agreed. Yep. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I, I do, I do think Mike Williams is interesting here though, for sure. We'll see if he rolls back. He's pretty far down on the list. Oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? All right, so we made our pick. Um, it's taking some time <laughs> to update. Okay, just filled in. Hawk went right after Jamison Williams. Gosh, you know, we could have waited on tight end and got Hawk at, in the eighth round. Um, Amon Ra, Waller, Schultz, Elijah Mitchell, Zeke, Damian Harris, Rashad White. Alan Lazard, man, getting some buzz. Alan Lazard, uh, DeAndre Alan Hopkins. Lazard goes for DeAndre Hopkins and Sky would Moore. You, no way. Would this you Would insane. you take Alan Lazard before DeAndre Hopkins and Sky Moore? Maybe before Hopkins, if you really think Hopkins is a washed or something on his age. But before Sky Moore, oh, no way. Yeah, You're, and then Gabriel Davis is high too. The ninth round. I don't. I don't. I think it's probably. But I would take AJ Dillon, Clyde edwards hilaire uh, probably not Isaiah Spiller later on. But I would take both those guys before Gabriel Davis. This is position scarcity. Well, I, I think people are, you know, saw what he did and in, in the, the playoffs, you know, that was specifically against the Chiefs. And um, I think there's some some hopes. I, I think Gabriel Davis will have a good year. I, I don't know that he's gonna explode and you know, uh, you know, be this this high end wide receiver too. But um, anyway, Renfro, David Bell, your guy David Bell went on Robinson, Chase Claypool. Michael Gallup, Kadarius Tony, Isaiah Spiller at the 910, and Tom Brady at the 911. Interesting, because we were looking at potential Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, key yeah. point here guess who made it back to us? Who made it back to us? Mike Williams. Williams. At the yeah. It's an absolute <laughs> hey. smash. Hey, 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 all right. That, I love when that happens. Yeah, and it, this it, definitely the guy I want to take. I mean, I'm just looking at the other wide receivers just for saying we can take another wide receiver too. You know, Michael Thomas is still here. Juju, does he, um, you know, now these matches, Patrick Mahomes is, does he, you know, do we see the old Juju anyway, but yeah, let's, I'm going to take him. That's great. That I'm very great. excited about that. I think that that's is truly undervalued. That's great. Yeah. That man. Yeah. And, and I, well, I like this team so far because, you can make an argument and, you know, Jake was here and he'll disagree with us later. Like we have, I think the making a core of a team where we've got youth, but then I, I feel like we could be competitive this year, you know, like, like in theory, especially if we were to take pits and flip them for like some win now assets and some future picks, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like is the, is the McCaffrey owner, did they experience another injury and McCaffrey's healthy and now you can flip that future, you know? Yeah, let's uh, see. like like yeah, you can get you can get some pretty good win now assets at the moment. Um, I am not in love with the running backs on the board, Ryan. I could I think we should just kind of like write them off for this round. Yeah, it's just, just so listeners are James Conner, Kareem Hunt, Tony Pollard, Damian Pierce, James Robinson, Zamir White. Yeah, it's not a great core, and I'm glad we've got two kind of stud, <laughs> you know, well potential studs. I mean, Saquon's a stud, and then potential stud in Brees Hall because you know, but but that's okay. Like I'm cool. You, you know, you look at a lot of my dynasty teams, Will. You know, I have a lot of running backs on my bench and a lot of handcuffed type of guys. So we'll get those guys later and, and we'll be. Well, playing. I also, yeah. Well, I think like Melvin Gordon's going to be a late round value. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like even Pollard's out there. I bet he goes next round because although I think Pollard is a really great running back, I think he's being 
uh, almost like criminally overrated coming into the fantasy season. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope he absolutely blows up and makes himself a ton of money because uh, uh, running back, it's absolutely uh, difficult to do so. But I just can't buy into the Pollard hype. Yeah, I, I do. Too. I mean, I, I think could Tony Pollard, you know, be a league winner? Yeah, but guess what would have to happen? Zeke would have to, you know, get broken to be out for the year. Um, I, I, I do think, um, and, and Trey Barrett's been beating this drum for a while now. And early in the offseason, I was like, no, nah, I don't know. He's getting older. But now the, the, as we get closer to the season, the more I think about it, you know, Zeke was not injured, was injured last year, and he played through it as best he could. And and I think Zeke is set to have a, a, a monster year. I, I actually still, think he was that, still a top 10 running back. It's not like yeah. he like fell off this absolute shelf. We just had kind of a it wasn't a great year for running backs last year, you know. Yeah. That's Jonathan right. Taylor points per games put up the lowest numbers since Devonta Freeman, right. which I think we got to, you always got to keep that in consideration. Devonta Freeman was criminally overrated. I don't think that uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor is, but I think that we are overrating what his season was. Like, I still think yeah. he's RB one, but I don't think he's this like absolute nuclear uh, fantasy championship winning running back. And he doesn't have, I'll tell you what, with, with Naheem Himes in that backfield and the way that I think they want to deploy him, he's, he's not going to be there, uh, you know, third down back necessarily. Yes. Don't say going to be awesome. He could still be the overall RB one, but you're right. He's I mean, like in great, terms of that, not, yeah. you know, that Christian McCaffrey, Todd Gurley, just totally smash your leagues and, and, and obliterate everyone's seasons that we've seen, you know, in the recent past. Those might, and those yeah. might be dead. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah. So here, Looking at the board, Ryan, uh, I am a big proponent of going Kenny Pickett right here. Uh, first quarterback off the board in the rookie draft, went to one of the best organizations you can possibly go to. Uh, so if I'm in a rookie draft, I'm looking at who's left on the board uh, because I, I like Jahan Dotson. I like George Pickens. I like all these guys. But to me, in Superflex, Kenny Pickett is that like 108, 107 pick. And if you're in a 14-team league, I think you bump him up a couple. Uh, and I think yeah. uh, like I, – I, yeah, I just – Kenny Pickett's value has been so pushed down and we're sitting here at the 10 one and the first rookie quarterback off the board is still available. I really like that value and I highly push for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm fine with it. I'm not the biggest Kenny Pickett fan, as you know, but I Neither think, am I, but, but, but if you look at, you know, we've got Lance and Tannenhill, Kenny Pickett's going to start a lot of games this year, folks. I, I mean, Mitch Trubisky may start. And I know there's been some uh, reports like, Oh, Pickett wasn't playing, but you know, he's playing with the, you know, uh, the, the, the third team early the season, you know, he's not getting a lot of, a lot of play. Well, guess what's going to happen. You know, the Steelers, they're going to be good because their defense is good and they've got good pieces on offense. Um, yeah. And they're going to realize that Mr. Bisky, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe Mr. I mean, he's proved at least one season. He's good enough to take a team just to the playoffs, but I think they're going to find that Trubisky has too many deficiencies in his game. They're going to get Pickett a chance. So, Oh yeah. I think Pickett's going to start sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think so too. It's so the okay. last draft pick of what's his face from the Steelers. Like there's so much built in here that he doesn't need to earn the opportunity necessarily. He will be given it. Like there's no doubt in my mind. All right. Pick it. It is. You, you, you talked me into it. All Man, right. You hate, you hate small hands. Yeah. You hate small hands. <laughs> yeah. Bad enough. When the, uh, Mike Williams draft pick makes up for it. I think he slips too far in here in your real drafts. You'd go like you take Mike Williams before Christian Watson, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, so Michael Thomas not the board, Juju, James Conner, Adam Thielen, Pat Firemuth, uh, Brandon Cooks, Noah Fans. That's interesting. Jahan Dotson, Jameis Winston, Tyler Lockett, Alex Pierce. Okay. Um Alec, then, Alec Pierce. 
Oh, is it Alec Pierce? Okay. Let's see. Then you've got the, the round 11 must be like the tight end um, round because you had a lot of tight ends go up the board. Trey McBride, David Njoku. We don't have to worry about tight ends, though. We've got ours locked up. Uh, Zach Ertz, Kristen <laughs> Jr., Jacoby Myers, Hunter Henry, Kareem Hunt, Naheem Hines, Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, and George Pickens. That would have been nice if we had fallen to us. I think Pickens would have been a nice value at the 11-12, but we don't yeah, have so Pickens. Let's see what we got. Go off. Uh, quite a yeah. few tight ends. Which yeah. the, I think Zach Ertz is in for a really big boom at the beginning of this next year. Like he's going to have a great start to the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you redraft leagues, not that tight ends are a big trade market, you might be able to get a good uh, good value at, at you know once uh, Dodger Hopkins comes back and kind of everything shakes out a little bit. Um, the, I I got rid of drafted players on the cheat sheet. Are you okay with that? You can see the drafted players. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, no, we're good you're cool with this and I, I loaded more players. So let's see. So, you know, there are some serviceable quarterbacks here. Um, you know, at the end of the 11th we're round, the 11, we're at the 12th pick of the 11th round. Yeah. So like Matt Ryan's on the board, um, Carson Wentz, uh, Daniel Jones is there. Will, an interesting name to me. Uh, Jared Goff is still there. Um, I, I know they're not, you know, going to be league winners, but you know, it's super Mayfield's still there too. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's still there. So there are some interesting names. I mean, there are a lot of names, so maybe we wait and, and see who's, you know, back later because we, we've got three QBs. Um, yeah, th- but there are some options. This is the part in the draft, and I've done this before, and it's worked out for me okay. I would start hoarding quarterbacks uh, if yeah. this were my actual startup draft. I would take Matt Ryan, and then I would maybe take somebody else, and then I would use those other pieces as trade pieces. I'm not going to get the value I want for Kenny Pickett. I might be able to get quite a bit for Trey Lance. And I think that out of the starting lineup and plugging in Matt Ryan, yeah, I guess there could be a really big chasm. But uh, if I've actually done hoarding quarterbacks, Ryan, and have it work out for me. But here, yeah, I think I think we should uh, – I don't know. This is uh, We're getting to the point where I think maybe we should call an end to this after these two picks and, uh, you know, make the final selections. Um, okay, well, so – before sorry before we do i was sorry i just want to talk this out just a little bit um yeah because i look at the running back position and i i don't feel you know they're they're we're like handcuffy territory tony pollard's still there but um devin singletary might have a sneaky good year you know i mean if you want to if you're looking for this year uh we can handcuff um um hall with michael carter um coriel patterson if we think he's gonna have a big year still there so handcuffy type of guys um, Christian Kirk, who I talked about earlier, I think is going to have a pretty good year is, is still available. Um, you know, Calvin Ridley, if we want to look towards the future, if we have faith there, um, I don't, I is interesting. You know, Dawson Knox is there, uh, Cole Komet. Um, we got our tight ends done. We need to do that. But, um, you convinced me earlier that we don't need to have a starting lineup. That's uh, true. I think, that's true. I think Evan Ingram is also criminally undervalued going into yeah. this year. He could be Jacksonville's wide receiver one. He could be. I think we can get them later. So, but we, so we are at a point where I think we're going to differ in opinion and it's not overly important this far down the draft. Yeah. Do you just want to take turns and taking players? I, I mean, or maybe we can agree, but um, do, do, do you want to like, you know, hoard some QBs here? And if you, if, yeah, if, I would so, take, if I, my pick will be Matt Ryan then. I'll take my turn. Okay. So you take, you take Matt Ryan over Daniel Jones? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Three Samuel Matt Ryan. And let's see. Boo, boo your pick. No, I'm kidding. 
I mean, I'm going to take, you know, cause I do want to try to be competitive. Like I want to have my kicking it too. Right. I mean, I think our approach to this team is like, let's get some nice mix of veterans and younger players. And that way we can compete. And, you know, also like, you know, we crash and burn and Matt Ryan retires next year. We still have youth on this team. So um, I'm going to go Christian Kirk if you're okay with it, because, you know, he's, it's your pick. Yeah. He's 25 and a half years old. I think he's going to, you know, at least be a wide receiver three this year. So let's do and it. We kind of need that on this team in this build. If we had to submit a starting lineup, cause we'll play one of the tight ends in the flex. Yeah. Uh, being that it's tight end premium, they'll score more than a wide receiver. We will have to start to hoard some running backs as we go through this. Um, but I feel good about where we've, uh, where we've ended up so far. So you want to go rapid fire here? Well, and finish this draft is what you're thinking. Yeah. You want to finish this draft? <laughs> we don't have to. <laughs> Justin Ross goes 1207. Fascinating. So I'll take, you, uh, uh, yeah, I would take that, Boyd, Chenault, probably Ridley, probably DJ Charles, oh, uh, Rondo Moore, Tim Patrick, Probably not Timmy Watkins. I would take most of these players over Justin Ross. Yeah, I, I would too. That's a weird pick, but you know, you, you know, they're trying to simulate a real, um, you know, startup, and, and weird picks happen in startups, right? So let's see. If we were to finish this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight picks, I think we can do this really rapid fire. We, we want, right, we want. So the we're in the thirteen twelve. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go? It doesn't matter. All right, I want Melvin Gordon. Okay, Melvin Gordon, it is. Is this how I guys pick him from here? Yeah, Addy Melvin Gordon. Okay. And I see Daniel Jones is on the board. I I, I kind of like the the upside and, and like your idea about hoarding quarterbacks. So let's oh, but Devin Singletary is there too. Um and I, I think he's gonna have a big year. Uh, Ramadre Stevenson is there as well. I don't know. What, who would you pick between them? Ramadre Singletary. This is your choice. Um let's let's go, Daniel Jones. Oh shit. Yeah, let's go to <laughs> Yeah. Now we got five QBs, man. We're rolling. I know, but if, like, if Mayfield makes it back to us, we can continue this. Yeah. We can. I mean, there's no reason not to because, you know, it's, it's, it's the league that we're in. All right. Matt, did Matt, Matt Krell and Davis Mills went ahead of Baker Mayfield. I get that Mick, Baker Mayfield has a lot of issues. That's that would not happen in most. That's drills. insane to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is probably one of those tools as you get further along, it it uh, gets wacky. Yeah. But uh, Baker is still still on the board. Oh yeah, so, that, that's my pick. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, you take Baker Baker over Jared Goff. Yeah. All right. That's fine. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you on it. So. Um, okay. Um, so, let's see what. Let's see in terms of what we got. Four wide receivers, three running backs. Just looking I don't at think the big over Melvin Gordon, but I, w- I wanted that third running back on the squad. That was Let's a little see. bit too redrafty on my part. Sorry, everybody. Nah, it's all good. Um, let's see. I'm going to take a running back just because we only have three. Uh, Davis Price is here. Is he's at the top list or Khalil Herbert? Who do you prefer? Probably Davis Price because he he could theoretically be the running back one without injury even yeah i like tdp i also honestly wouldn't mind uh brian robinson i think that but i think i would take tdp over brian robinson i have but i think brian robinson we might be undervaluing in dynasty a little bit because he has an opportunity in a team that's such a muddled backfield yeah no i agree i think he's he's good he's he's 
like okay to good, not great, and that's okay. It is okay. It's okay. It's okay, Brian Robinson. You don't have to be the best ever. Um, all right. So I mean, just look on the draft. I don't know. We're we're gonna go. We got four more picks, so we'll keep flying. Call only, the only QB hoarding draft. Yeah, we've got six, but that's okay. Um, speaking of QBs, there's oh, so uh, tempting with Garoppolo and uh. Oh, he went. He went in the next round. Okay. Oh, they they the hadn't second. processed yeah, yeah. it yet. So, yeah. So, but we have Jimmy G. Um, Desmond Ritter is kind of interesting to me because he, I think he's going to play a lot this year. I mean, he may not be any good, and could they could draft a QB next year. But uh, let's see. Oh man, running back position is gross. Um, it's really gross. Really gross. Um, wide receiver position. Um, you know, MVS, if we want to take a chance on him, Julio, <laughs> um, KJ Osborne's probably going to get, you know, more love, but not really be a huge guy. You can rely on a fantasy, man. This, this is gross here too. Josh Palmer. I'm go tight ends. Oh, that's bad. Well, this is bad. It, it almost makes sense to take a quarterback with <laughs> the people on the board, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I would go Jimmy G out of this group, or if you want to go Ritter, Let's let's take them both. We can. Why not? All right. I mean, you never do this. There's so certain, many but... quarterbacks, but this That's is fun. a no. It's it it like a real startup, isn't? Like I would do this. Yeah. Because again, we don't have to start a lineup for 70 days from June 29th. I'm not even sure what the starting requirements. Has to be 71. Well, yeah. They the, we they didn't say in the in the mock draft tool, so you have no lineup. You know, for all we know, we could start three quarterbacks. You know. Yeah. What's a two QB or super flex? Yeah, I know. You know, yeah. All right. Almost done, everybody. So let's <laughs> just show you that it really dries up, you know, after once you get this late. Yeah, the running back rooms. It, okay. I'm not a fan of. We can we can load some more players. We no, we don't need to load any more players. We got plenty of players here. Yeah, yeah we um, got from. We could we could take one of those like uh, Greg Dolchich or Johnny Woods, the tight end, if we want to build up our tight end room. See, I would like I would like Hayden Hurst over those two. Uh, maybe I guess yeah. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't really love any of the tight ends. I was just talking about that. Trubisky, Drew Locke. If we want to go QB, we got plenty of QBs. Probably you can avoid that at this point. Um, unless we want to, you know, handcuff, uh, you know, the, our picket Trubisky, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterbacks. No. Um, we're, we're very weak at wide receiver. We have four wide receivers. I'm out of here. ideas, Ryan. I'm out of ideas. All right. Well, I'll take a couple of players. Uh, uh, Gus right. Bus. We can take Gus Bus. Gus Edwards. Why not? All right. 18th round. Yeah. We could take. And I think four. that's our last pick if you look at the draft board. Or are we still oh, going? Okay. Um, we've got a couple more. Um, you want to take Kenya Drake, Dante Foreman. Foreman is the CMC's backup. He looked pretty good last year. I like Pierre Strong. I like. I would rather have just rolled that dice. Okay, Pierre Strong. Let's do it. Got him. All right. Let's see if there's any. I've got six running backs. Hopefully, we want to start two wide receivers because we have four. <laughs> and I think or, we did twenty rounds, Ryan. So I think this is the end. Yeah, this is it. This is it. Ah, that's it. Congratulations. Your draft is complete. See full results. All right. Well, anyway, we don't, we don't need to read through. I think, I, th I think that was a good exercise and we were probably up against the clock for the two minute warning. 
Um, but that was fun. Well, I, I love I love doing that, and I think our team is is interesting. Um, very weak at running back and very weak at wide receiver. <laughs> all, all the quarterback <laughs> to make all the moves, but that's the point. Like, I, I get that uh, hoarding quarterbacks is not like a very like shined upon strategy, but it can work. You just have to be patient a little bit. People will start to feel the burn as the season gets closer. You'll be able to make some deals. We'll get some more running backs in there. Uh, I, you know, I think we missed out on a couple picks that could have been like an AJ Dillon type that I really, really like uh, moving forward. Not a lot of wear on himself in the NFL shows that he catch the ball has at least a year with Rogers. And I think that you might see more of a split backfield in that offense, things like that. But uh, yeah, I thought that was a great exercise and a great experience. It really made me think about player values. Yeah. Yeah. But it was fun. It always, always is good. And this is a good tool. I have to say props to DLF. I mean, is, is this perfect? Um, no, but uh, you know, I, until we got later in the draft, I don't think any results were too wonky. I mean, once we got to, Oh, I don't know, round nine, 10, 11, things were kind of weird, but, um, but overall that was a good tool. I think, I think it works pretty well. So yeah, it was fun. Uh, it, was it also shows you what happens when you take Kyle Pitts in the first round and then you see the next tight ends go off two rounds later and you can have some fantasy regret. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, another thing too, well, that, we, that two that that turned in a startup draft kind of sucks right now. Yeah. I'm glad we did it from there. I think it was a great exercise, but that's not a fun place to be. Yeah, I would agree. And and, and I feel like well, we missed out just on like I was like the um, so we took Kittle and, and Wilson right, and then you know where we only had one QB Trey Lance, and I was kind of thinking in my head like, oh man, does uh, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Zach Wilson get back to us? And and none of those guys did. And I I, I think you know for me, Tannehill is definitely a step down from those three guys, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like we just missed a couple of times. There was another time it happened too, where I was like, oh, I wish you know, I wish that guy would have fallen to us. So that's what happens though. So. Um, and the first try, sorry that the offseason content is, is, uh, bubbling, but it's just, you know, Terry McLaurin sign. There's just not a lot going on right now in the NFL. Cause we're all waiting, I guess, to see what Deshaun Watson gets and move on from there. Why are you saying that? This is great content. This is, this is what our listeners want. Cause what else, either you're doing, um, like best ball drafts, like I'm doing, or, or you're doing startups or you're making trades. We can do a trade show next time, but anyway, this was good. I think this was fun that we did it. Yeah, it was good. I'm just saying, like, it's not as exciting. No, it's not. Uh, as yeah. it's ever been. But yeah. you know what is exciting? This Friday, everybody starting is La Tour de France. <laughs> uh, and I, I know we're at the two-minute warning, Ryan, and I've been holding this in. It's been bubbling uh, in my tongue. Do, do you want to save it for the after show, this or you want to do this? This is your two-minute warning. Okay, we'll do this two-minute All right, close this out, Ryan. Do, little, close this do, out. do, do the executive Thank summary. Thank you for listening. Oh, okay. Great okay, mock we'll, draft. Uh, we'll close. Okay, so no two-minute warning. You want another two-minute warning? I just want to move into the close so you can talk about the Tour de France. Uh, well, one, Ryan, I'm worried about the Bears. I think they're going to be really bad. And it, it, I, <laughs> they are pains be me, it pains me so much because I want Justin Fields to be so good. Uh, and I think he is good. But that, I've never seen a team not surround, like, surround their players with less talent than what the Bears did. I'm just, I, I am absolutely baffled. And then they allowed linemen to sign elsewhere, even if, uh, what's his name, uh, from Iowa, who then signed with the Steelers, he was like what, like a C plus maybe as an old lineman. Oh, James Daniels. But like, yeah, James Daniels. But they don't have another player of his level to replace him that I know of. You know, like it's, I, I can't imagine, and I feel for you of how hard it must be right now to be a Bears fan. I, I think the good news will is that I'm definitely worried about them for 2022, but I feel like they're 
going in the right direction. And I think there was limits to what they could do. They only had so much draft capital and resources. And that, that roster was, was really, you know, had, had some serious holes. So they addressed the, um, you know, the secondary, which I think was important. They just, they couldn't address all the holes. You just, they just didn't have enough resources to do it. And coming out of this year, they're going to have some nice core pieces um, and they're going to have a ton of money, you know, next year. So I, I yeah. think that, you know, the future, you know, you gotta, you gotta really squint to see it, but I, I think they're, they're moving in the right direction, but, but I, I think they're going to be in trouble. And I think that the NFC North, obviously the Packers are the, you know, the, the easily the best team in that, in that division. I think the Vikings have a chance to be pretty good. And I think the lions are going to take a step forward this year. I really do. Um, so the bears are going to be in the, in the cellar and it's, uh, it's going to be ugly. And, and yeah, I, I do wish they could have done some more to address the offensive line, um, than they did. Um, yeah, but it is what it is. And they, they, I, th- I think, I think they tried to do what they could within their, their limitations. So, yeah. Yeah. It's be it, bad. They do, they do have better odds to make the playoffs than the Falcons, Panthers, uh, Lions. Texans, Which is surprising to me. I think the lines will be better. Jaguars. This is just based on bookmaker.eu. Yeah. Uh, go, go down. Got to squint. Got to squint. Jets. Got to go down. Seahawks. Shows how many like, bad teams there are in the NFL. So there's like five, the Bear- there's like five yeah. teams in there. So they have better yeah. odds than five teams in the NFL to make it to the playoffs. And more teams make it to the playoffs than they did before. So the playoffs. That would be a miracle. I mean, the only way that could happen is that, um, let, let's say Justin Fields is like, he is the next big you know, QB star. He is a, this, a total stud and carries that team to the playoffs. That's the only way it happens. And, and I'm, I'm quite pessimistic. As, as, yeah. as, even, even if he's good, he's just, yeah. I would put a dollar on it, Ryan, but it's only plus 350. So you'd only win $3.50. And I'd rather throw my dollar away. Yeah. Something yeah, that would make me 20. Well, yeah. Buy, you know, get it. Buy yourself coffee. Falcons are plus 655. That's the worst odds in the NFL. The, uh, the gambling community or whatever really hates the Falcons this year. They're over under win totals, like what, five and a half or four and a half. They think the Falcons are going to be absolute. And the name, all right, to use the words of our friend, Christopher Harris, dog sausage. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's close the show then. And we'll, we'll talk some tour de France. Um, so we are the fancy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at FF Joes. Will is um, on Twitter at Thanks for Will. Jake, who's not here, is at Takes Jake. I am at Roto Librarian. Um, you can support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Thanks to Joes. On behalf of Will Greenwood and the missing Jake Patterson, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Oh, I've been waiting yeah. for this all, right, all night, Ryan. Here we go. We're not going to do a full tour breakdown, okay? We're just going to dive into one quick thing. One, my favorite rider of all time, maybe not all time, but close up there is Mark Cavendish. Mark Cavendish is from the Isle of Man. It's, uh, you know, just off the part of over there in England. Uh, but he is one of the most hilarious interviews ever because he doesn't always talk in a straight line. It kind of goes in circles, and it's very funny. He won the green jersey in last year's Tour de France and won several stages. He's in the twilight of his career, but is still an absolute stud, and they left him off the starting roster. Uh, the Quick Step team, I can't remember what their side sponsor is, but Quick Step has been a long-running team in the Peloton since I've been into cycling. Quickstep is an absolute powerhouse when it comes to the classics, not the Tour de France. You typically don't have a GC candidate. But anyway, if you're understanding okay. all the things I'm saying uh, here. Okay, okay. Saying okay. Saying no, I, time out, time out. I have, a que- I have two questions me. for you. T- slow down. We, we've got enough time to talk about this. Um, 
So the green jersey is like if you're in, you're leading, you get the green. No, it's yellow. Yellow is oh. the overall time leader. Green okay. jersey, you sprint for points. There'd be intermediate sprint sprints on the stages, and you accrue oh. points based on that. The end of the end oh. of every stage is always worth the most amount of points. So like the flat stages is you're going kind of from like place to place in the tour, and you have yeah. the big bunch sprints at the end where there's like yeah. you know fifty uh, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those okay. the person who wins the, does the best in those typically wins the green jersey. And that was Mark Cavendish last year. Well, what, but, but what is that? What, what's like, does that help you um, win the whole thing? Like, the, win the no, 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 no. Cause the winner of the whole thing is based on time. The points jersey right. is worth a lot of money though. Oh, it's uh, money. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I see. I see. That's gotcha, the part. Gotcha. It also means you're basically the fastest sprinter in the Peloton, which is huge. And you said something, the Peloton, you're talking about that, that thing that people have in their living rooms, the Peloton. Yeah. So. Like, I, I don't so much right now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, the Thundering Bird, the Peloton, <laughs> group of riders. Uh, then you have the polka dot jersey, which you have a separate. There's a polka dot jersey. Are you serious? You're making shit up now. Nope. Polka dot jersey is for the best, the person that accrues the most points on climbs. So any categorized climb, or if it goes into the uncategorized climb, which means it's even harder than the categorized climb, uh, they call that like ors category. But you get if you're over the top of that 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 hill, let's say, or mountain first, you accrue a certain amount of points for the polka dot jersey. Another oh, very wow. massively coveted jersey. It's also a really big competition because you'll get people that go into breakaways early in stages and they're trying to win that. Because again, the more like the sponsors of all these cycling teams are trying to get TV time, right? Like that's their whole goal is for the announcers and the TV to show their logo on these riders as much as possible. That's kind of like the whole shtick of uh cycling in general and how you sponsor you have you have to have a love for the sport and you also have, like you want to have riders that are going to be shown on tv the most so polka dot will get shown green jersey will get shown uh yellow jersey is the winner of everything so the tour de france is based on time uh i don't i didn't read whether or not they're doing time bonuses this year sometimes you get like a 10 second time bonus if you win this stage but anyway it's based on overall time over the uh 22 days or sorry 23 days 21 stages of the tour de france the last stage typically is like a big parade and then you have a big sprint. So like that stage, you're actually big time differences. You really haven't seen big time differences in that stage since Greg LeMond won it on the last time trial, but they don't do the time trial. Then they do this big parade through the Champs-Élysées in Paris. And it's absolutely beautiful. And it's amazing. Uh, but anyway. Oh my uh, gosh. Well, secondly, uh, quick step. Nope. 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 Secondly, quick step <laughs> left, left Julian Alaphilippe off the list. I need to read more, a little bit more about this. Are you Julian serious? That's, that's bogus. One Julian Alaphilippe is French. Uh, like what? Like what are <laughs> they? Spoiler alert! Uh, <laughs> se- se- secondly, he is the back-to-back world champion. So another cycling race. It's a one-day race, uh, and you know every race is for the. It's this like world champ striped jersey, and that rider yeah. gets to wear that jersey in all road races through the entire season. It's awesome. It's one of the most coveted things you can possibly get. He's the world champ. I, he did deal with some illness earlier. I don't know exactly what his physical shape is, but like. Last year, he was electric in the Tour de France. Even before that, even more electric in the Tour de France. He's one of the most electric riders in the Pro Peloton, and they left him off the starting roster. I do not get it. They do not have a GC contender, which is the yellow jersey overall, and I am just floored by it. And so I'm in a, kind of building my fantasy Tour de France team in my head right now. I got to go do it online. Me and my buddies do, you know, like, uh, we're actually putting some money on it this year, which I'm excited about. But anyway. I'm just, I'm just shocked by that. And it, the reason it bothers me is it takes away a little bit of the fanfare of the race. Cycling is hard enough to be a fan of if you're not like a casual fan of. And then when you take away some of the most exciting riders out of the tour, it makes it worse for the casual fan. 
uh, Tade Pogaccia, the Slovenian who races for UAE Emirates or UAE, I shouldn't say Emirates because it's in there. Uh, he's won the Tour de France the past two years. Heavy favorite to win the this year. I assume position. he's going to win it this year. He is the pound for pound best bike racer in the planet right now. And I assume that he is going to win it again. It's going to be awesome to watch. We'll see if Team Jumbo Visma can pick apart because they have the strongest team in the Peloton. So they have Wout Van Aert, uh, they have Primoz Roglic, or Roglic, depending on how you want to pronounce it, really. Uh, and then our boy from America, Sepp Kuss, and they have Jonas Vindigo. It looks, it reads Vindigard, but you pronounce it Vindigo. Vindigo is also an up and comer within the Peloton. So it's Sepp Kuss for GC contention, but they'll be riding for Primoz Roglic. How long? How much longer should I go? I love how you say that you're a casual, like for the casual fans such as myself, and you're like you're you're more than no, a no, not fan. not myself. I'm saying it makes it harder to watch for the casual fan. I, I'm saying cycling's hard a hard enough sport to get somebody who is casual to watch it. When ah. you take out the most electric riders, it's hard for me to tell somebody to watch a stage, and I hate that. Right. Like right. we need the most exciting players in the game. It'd be like saying like. Yeah, hey, we're gonna our starting NFL team. We're actually gonna leave our three best players on the sidelines for the whole game. Have fun, uh, boys. No, I got like, you, you. Always with the best in the world, no matter what you're watching. Now that makes sense. Now, uh, now, do you have any I'm betting tips? Like, like, can you go on Twitter and like tweet out some names? Like, if we're gonna, if because I think people I can, might I can, watch. I can, if, I can if go if tweet some money because yeah. on Bookmaker you can do cycling matchups. So it's only one v one. So you're 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 so limited in what you can actually do. Uh, and they have like what's the first stage and what the profile is, and you can kind of bet on who's going to win it, who's going to not. I got to go look at what the first stage exactly is now because I don't know off the top of my head. Well, but we like- also we we also have some very Ryan. This is a big year for the Americans too. Uh, Nielsen Paulus is on the top form he's ever had in his career. Uh, Sepp Kuss, who is he's going to ride in support for the other teams in Jumbo Visma, is a you know a really great rider. And now I'm not looking at this. He might not even be in it. That'd be so sad. But I, th- I believe he is. He rides for EF uh, Education, and then they have another side sponsor. But anyway, uh, uh, oh, I, I'm looking at it, and one uh, more. I feel- you have one more. I don't see him on this betting list, which is unfortunate. Brandon McNulty, Brandon McNulty, the third American you need to watch on tour. These guys are great, and they're uh, at least one of them is going to win a stage. I strongly believe in that. I'm very excited to watch it. So yeah, I, I found it. It's on um, DraftKings Sportsbook, so I I, I can bet. So I'll, uh, so you need to do this well for our Patreon supporters and in, in the Patreon chat on GroupMe, put your picks in, right? Is it for overall tour on DraftKings or is it by stage? Um, winner, stage winner, top three, top ten. Oh crap! What's like horse racing? Which points, basically is what cycling points, is. Points classification. Oh race, there are race props. Um, All right. Like head, you can do head to head. Like who's gonna win between? Um, I'm like I'm a butcher of these names. Okay, like head to head, the you, you got well, Mattel, Mohoric, or Tim Wellens. Well, I gotta look at. Is that for the whole tour? Is that for? No, this is stage, a stage one. one. Stage one. But by the time this episode comes out, stage one will be done. So. All right. Well, this, you can help me. <laughs> okay. Who, okay. Who do you like in stage one? Like, who's your like favorite overall? Who do you think is going to win? Uh, let me look at the first stage here real quick. And while you're looking that up, I will say, Will, you're talking about like I. There's a good article on Men's Journal, a complete guide to understanding the Tour de France, because I need that because I, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but I need to start like from a little more basic level. So it's yeah, a you, world, you also have the young, you also have the young jersey. <laughs> the, 3.5 billion television viewers. 
Oh, okay, so we're, we're starting with up. a prologue, Ryan, a prologue, a 13.2 kilometer prologue. So Friday is going to be a very boring day. You're not going to want to watch it on TV, but if you want to bet on it, let's take a look. Uh... I like Vanderpool. Odds. Vanderpool could take it. Uh, what, what's Vanderpool's odds? Well, this, I'm just looking at head to head. Okay, but I, I'll I'll look at the um, I'll go back to the um, uh, let's see stage winner, stage one winner. Who do you think? Vanderpool. Yeah, uh, Garrett Thomas is a really good one. He just came off winning uh, the big prelude. No, Vanderpool. I think he went Tour de Swiss, not Dauphin de Libre. Vanderpool's plus fourteen hundred, and Thomas is um, plus twenty five hundred to win stage one or the whole thing. That's got to be the whole stage thing. one winner. Oh, I put a buck each on those. Those are good. Oh, I want these odds. All right, I'm, I'm doing. Uh, Wild Van Ert is another one. He, I just don't know if he's on the same form he's been in all season. So Wild Van Ert is second only to Tade Pogaccia as far as best cyclist in the world right now, in my opinion. Uh, because Vanner can't win the whole tour, but Tade can do that, and he's also competed in the one-day races. Um, also, put some put put like a you want to bet on some Americans? Damn right I do. It, it, uh, it's Independence Day this weekend. Come on. Yeah, I I like Brandon. I'm, I'm an American, of course. I, I like Brandon to. McNulty's chances. I bet his odds are long. I'm looking. Let's see. <laughs> Brandon McNulty, you never leave this. Twenty-five thousand. No, so you win two hundred fifty bucks. If he wins it, he probably won't. But those are the kind of bets. Fifty-one dollars if he wins. Yeah, let's do it. One dollar on this. So you know. Oh wait, I, the bets under review. My bet requires <laughs> confirmation by a member of our trading team. I've never seen this before. Also, I'm good. Then put another put another dollar on Nielsen Paulus. N-E-I-L-S-O-N Paulus is the other American that could win the stage. I don't think either of them will. And these might be wasted dollars, but one of those ones you picked, I feel good about, and they'll cover the rest of your bets. I, I can't even bet on Nielsen Paulus. He's not even on he's not even an option. Oh, really? <laughs> He's got a lot of prop bets like head to head on here. What about Ben O'Connor? Plus one hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> That's I don't. Th- I don't think O'Connor stands a chance though, because I think, I think so. Tade Pogaccia might win it, but I think uh, Vanderpool is a good one, and then Van Ert if he's on there. But Van Ert might be the favorite. Yeah, plus two. Wow. So it's the W-O- favorite is is gone is Filippo. Oh yeah, yeah, Ghana. He's the world time trial champion, but I feel like this is too short of a race for him. Well, he's he's the, he's you know plus one ten. He's a you know pretty you know. He's on form too, but like I like the other bets. I was just I was capping. Yeah, there's no reason. There's no reason to make that bet. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna bet, I'm gonna I'm gonna want to win some money on. I'm gonna hit on some of these, right? Um. So all right, cool. Well, all right, that's good. So we'll. So you will. Will you're gonna commit to going into the the um, Patreon uh, group me and and throw out some picks. Yeah. Uh, stage one will be a little more difficult. <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't buy it. You're like, yeah, whatever we're going to make. No, I will. Yeah, you know, I'll be betting on these daily. Like, I'm going to bet on these. So I'll just, I'll just what, post What about the there. winner? Who do you think is going to win right now? The whole thing? Yeah. Uh, Tadej Pogaccia. Yeah, he's, he, it, yeah, minus 150. So, yeah. Oh, I bet on him at minus 180. Hmm. So you feel pretty strongly about that. I mean, it's not. If if nothing goes wrong, Tadej Pogacar will win the Tour de France. 
and yeah, he a... is a stallion. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's cool. Well, now, now I'm much more interested now that you're, you know, I know I can bet on it. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for stage one. We'll have to message back for it because, uh, what time is it on? It's uh, like, uh, like 8am. Okay. Friday. Yeah. They might actually, sorry, Friday might be a little later. Cause I think they start it later in the day. Cause it's only 13 kilometers. So it's like, Oh, they'll take what is that like seven and a half, eight miles? So, so it really is like a lot of sprint. They, the, the prologue in the Tour de France is base is basically there so that they can award the jersey, the yellow jersey to somebody for the next yeah. stage. Right. Uh, and that's why it's super short. It's like a big introduction, big fanfare, everything like that. But, uh, you know, people have crashed on the prologue. People have like, you, you have to avoid bad luck during all this. Like if you've got a flat tire during this, you could lose like, you know, 15 seconds. And that could cost like that could cost you so big. Then you're out of the back heel the whole rest of the race. It's what, so much fun. Oh, I love and that. what are the margins? Well, like basically, like what what the average winner, like what do they win? Like how many seconds? Because it, it's so, like it's real, it's like super tight, right? It's not always. Uh it depends, like so because it's a, such a long race. And over the course of time, sometimes one guy does pull away. Uh but okay, if, Lan- if Lance year, Armstrong's not in it, all doped up. Well, I think last year on the it was two years ago. It's been within two minutes, basically. Wow. But like going into the last, like the last stage doesn't matter, but going into the, the penultimate stage, you'll usually do a big climb. I need to look at the stages this year, but like you'll have opportunities to take back, you know, let's say up to 45. If somebody's more than, let's say 70 seconds ahead, I think that they will, they'll take it. Cause that just showing that they've been a really good form. They've had really good luck. Um, Oh no, this year's penultimate stage is a 40 km individual time trial. So if uh Pogacha is has any sort of lead or is within 40 seconds, uh I think he could take it. Stage 19. Got a big climb here. Come on, show me. Show me, show me, show me. <laughs> All right, anyway. If anyone's I'm listening, very excited. No, like, this yeah. is cool. No, if now you, you got me far, now you got me a little bit excited. I mean, because now now I got oh, underdogs so fun. and I can bet on these cyclists that I know nothing about. I'll send you some green jersey <laughs> picks too, uh, for points. Cause I think there's some clear favorites. I just gotta look at the list. All right, cool. Uh the hardest one to choose will be the polka dot jersey, which is the best climber, which quote unquote best climber. The best climber wins the tour de France typically. But the person yeah. who goes out like early in the breakaway and steals the hill points, you know. Yeah, it's so much fun. All right. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Tebow, oh, I got to look to see if Tebow Pino, my boy's in there. He's French too, Tebow. All right. And I'm going to, I'm going to set it. I'm going to yeah, tape yeah. it on my, on my, uh, on my YouTube TV. So I don't, don't miss any of the action. Cause I bet it, it, I'm hoping, will they broadcast on 4K maybe since it's the world's largest, this men's journal well, says it's on, the world's yeah, yeah, largest sporting it's, event. It's on NBC Sports too. Like it's in all high def cameras. Yeah. I'm kind of amazed. I knew it was a big deal, but they, what did they say? Like 14 million people. Um, well, cause it's, it. yeah. Cause it's 12 a million spectators. I know, but that's still pretty awesome. Yeah. I really want. So another thing, if you've made it this far again, here's the nugget of what you can relate to with American sports on the mountain stages of the tour de France, you know, where they're climbing up the biggest, steepest Hills, people will go there three or four days early in like a camper and have like a four day tailgate. And like, that's by the cool. time the riders are going up, you have all sorts of different countrymen, country people, just hammer drunk yelling at the riders. And it's something I want to do so badly. Like, go up there. Like, I'll cheer for other countries. I don't care. Let's all have a great time in tailgate cycling. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that does sound fun. And, you know, events like this that are 
these international events, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know that you would argue that the, well, I mean, I think the Boston Marathon is one of them. And I didn't realize how great an event it was until I lived in, in the Boston area and like got a chance to experience it. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, like these, it, it's, they're just, it's cool, right? You know, like, so even if you aren't a fan of cycling, it's definitely worth checking out because A, we talked about the doldrums of sports right now. And B, it's, it's a, it's a world event. I mean, there are, what does it say? Like 3.5 billion television viewers, right? It's, so that's cool. We should, you should be a part of that. We should all be a part of that. Yeah. And stage 18, July 21st is going to be an absolute slog. That's when the big boys are going to eat. Oh, all right. I haven't even looked at the round. Like I actually, tomorrow's dedicated to Tour de France research because it starts Friday. All right. Well, let us know. Well, well, thank, thanks for the rundown and um, good connecting. Yeah, it was a fun night. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you. Uh, thanks to the listeners. Thanks for sticking it out this far. We will talk to you later. Till next time. Time, time.